Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hi again. Welcome to Growing in Grace. I'm Cap, along with Breezeman, Joel Brzezinski. I'm Mike Kapler, and we're glad that you're with us. Thank you for sharing our program with others. And if you don't know this yet, you can find all of our archived programs, now over 300 of them, at growingingrace.org. Joel, we've been talking about some game changers. We'll continue with that. Things that uh, over the last 300 programs we've talked a lot about, so we're not covering it perhaps in as much detail, but some things as we reflect back on these past 300 programs, some things that really had a big impact on us, you and I individually, as we moved forward in in our Christian life, uh, growing in grace. Mm -hmm. And uh, just real quickly, too, just before we get into some of these things, um, I keep forgetting to do this week after week, but you can also find us on Facebook uh, by going to facebook.com slash graceroots, kind of a growing in grace slash graceroots page where you can get into discussions. Uh, it's been kind of not all that active, even though there's you know a couple thousand people on there already, but it's a place where I hope to generate some you know discussions for people just to, you know just to get together and be able to discuss the grace of God. You know, I've been posting our programs on there and, and things like that and special verses, you know, grace-based verses and things like that. But again, facebook.com slash graceroots and join in the conversation there. Cap there's so much that is said in the world today, in the church today. There's just a lot of teaching and preaching on out there. Some of it's good, some of it's bad. I know some people would write us off, even just by the name of our program, or just by hearing just a few seconds of our program. But what we hope to do here is to encourage people and to get people rooted and grounded in the grace of God. You know, the, the grace of God is not as we've shared many times, and, and this is one thing that changed things for me, realizing that grace is not just a subject to be studied from time to time. Well, we can learn about the law. We can learn about how to be a good spouse. We can learn all the all this and that and everything, a new principle or a new set of principles every week, and then eventually, yeah, we'll, we'll study grace, and then we'll move on to something else. To me, I found out that grace is the essence of life in Christ. Nothing that happens in our life in Christ happens apart from God's grace. And when I realized that, it made all the difference in the world to me, because that made me realize that I am completely 100% dependent upon God's grace to live every single minute of my life. There's nothing that I can do in and of myself. And that's good. That's a good thing. You know, Paul said that I am weak. And when I'm weak, I am strong. What did he mean by that? In essence, he meant that I am fully relying upon God's grace every single minute of my life. And so if grace is just a subject to you, something to get to now and then, then I think you're missing out on a big revolutionary part of life, a foundational part of life, I should say, that we're meant to live in every single moment of our lives. Yeah, you know, uh, John one seventeen. for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus is truth. 
Jesus is grace. Uh, someone once said to suggest that you can have too much grace is to say you can have too much of Jesus, which of course is, is silly. So good point there, Joel. Game changer. Yeah, and I, I know that you know there's people out there who, let's just put it this way, they abuse what grace is really meant to be. That doesn't change what grace is, though. You know, just because people twist Bible verses about grace, that doesn't mean that grace is changed. That doesn't mean that God is still all about living his life in and through us by his spirit and by his grace. And so don't let these people who say, oh, it's just greasy grace you guys are talking about, or it's sloppy agape or whatever. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, we are fully dependent upon grace. There's nothing that happens apart from grace. So get grounded and rooted in, in and established in God's grace. That's a good thing. Greasy grace. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people... That's, unfo- yeah, that's one of those words that I think it just sounds good to people. Uh, they just they just like saying it. So they accuse grace people of preaching greasy grace. Yeah, well, or cheap grace. <laughs> cheap and I, grace, I say it's not cheap, cheap grace. grace, it's free it's grace. Free. But uh, I think, too, that that kind of argument really doesn't hold much water because Cause water there, and there's a lot of mix. religions out there, not all of them Christian, that distort the Bible in general, teachings of the Bible. Does that mean we should just stay away from the Bible because we have people that aren't necessarily representing it the way it was meant to be? Of course not. So to say that you got to be careful of this grace stuff, you know, watch out, you know, it might lead you into sin and that kind of stuff. They're with no biblical foundation to support their thinking. All right, so a game changer for me, Joel, was back in, uh, I don't think I've mentioned this yet over the last couple of weeks, but Romans 1.17, to me, it's a cornerstone verse of what the gospel really is. And, and this revelation, if you want to call it that, this revelation of God's grace came to me in a way where somebody asked, what do you think the gospel is? And that was a good question. After all these years of being a Christian, there was a group of people that this question was being asked to, and everybody was sort of struggling for answers. And he didn't uh, point out any wrong answers or anything like that. He just went on to, to teach and to proclaim what the gospel really was. And a big part of that had to do with understanding that we, through the person of Jesus Christ and his finished work of the cross, we became his righteousness. We literally became righteous in right standing with God, right with God, in a place of perfection. That doesn't mean that I do everything righteously. It doesn't mean that I perform perfectly with my actions and the things that I do. But it does mean that I now am standing in in a position where, uh, as a child of God, I have inherited these attributes that that God himself has. He's poured them into me, and and righteousness being one of them among many other things that identify us today as believers. Isn't that, you know, isn't that just an awesome thing, (laughs) that it's not about my righteousness it's about God's righteousness. The gospel reveals God's righteousness. You know, I used to read that verse, and I, I guess I probably just kind of passed over it because I didn't really understand the fullness of what it was saying. Oh, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Okay, uh, and to me, I might have thought that that means that there is this standard of righteousness that I have to live up to in the gospel. Uh, I have to live up to God's righteousness. But no, it's it's saying that it's a gift, and as you read further on into Romans, when you get past Romans 2 and, 
and uh, further on into 3, and Paul starts talking about how it's this gift of righteousness. Now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. It's freely given to all and on all who believe, for there's no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. There is so much in there that changes everything when you realize that the only righteousness that we can ever have that means anything is God's very own righteousness, and he's given it to us as a gift. And so that changes everything for me. That's a foundational thing for me as well, Cap. Yeah, I mean, it really is a big thing. Uh, Later on in Romans, Paul said that the Jews under the law, being ignorant of God's righteousness, we're busy trying to establish their own righteousness through the law, but now we don't have to do that anymore. As, as you mentioned, uh, Paul told Titus, it's not by works of righteousness which we have done. It's totally a gift. Being in right standing with God is a gift. It's something I don't have to try to earn or strive for. I, I don't have to try to uh, establish my position so that God will somehow be pleased with me. He is pleased with me because we, we've mentioned this before. If you, if you walk into most churches today, fill, even filled with believers, and ask how many in here are truly righteous, please raise your hand. I, I would venture to guess you're going to see probably about 5% or less of people actually will stick their hand in the air because they don't know who they are in Christ. They've never been told this stuff. And, and it does beg the question, because Paul talks about this all through his epistles, and it does beg the question, why aren't people hearing more about this? Exactly. This is the gospel message. This is what it's about. And that leads me into this thought that I have of a life-changing thing, is that my church experience up to a certain point was going to church and each week hearing all the do's that I'm supposed to do and hearing all the don'ts that I'm not supposed to do. And then uh, I would leave and try and go do the do's and don't do the don'ts and then come back the next week, hear another set of do's and don'ts. Basically performance-based Christianity. It was all about my performance. It was all about what I do and what I don't do. Eventually that just puts a heavy burden on a person because I can't perform all these things that I'm told I'm supposed to do. I just can't do it. I get pumped up with a fiery sermon thinking I'm going to go out there and do it, and I'm not going to do the things that I'm not supposed to do, but then, you know, Monday morning comes and I'm just not feeling it anymore. I just can't, I just can't live this thing. And so when I learned the difference between doing the do's and, and don't doing the don'ts, when I learned the difference between that and knowing Christ, Jesus, in John 17, when he was praying, you know, he, he uh, I don't have the exact quote here, but Jesus said, and Father, this is what eternal life is. It's that they know you and that they know the Son whom you've sent. That's what eternal life is. We know Christ. We know God. How? By the things we do and don't do? No, we know him by faith and by the fact that he has put his life into us, and he has brought us into his life, and we have this union with him. And so instead of focusing on sin and trying to avoid sin, and instead of focusing on trying to do all the right things all the time, we can focus on the life that we have in Jesus Christ. And when we do that, this changed my life. It really did. And I found myself having more much more joy and enjoying God a whole lot more rather than it being all about my performance. That changed everything for me. Yeah, and, and that's just it. I mean, to understand that it's it's not about us. And, and I think 
much of what we have been taught through Bible and religious teaching, the responsibility was somehow on us, and it's not. This is how we can rest, you see. This is how we can have peace, because we've been justified by faith, not by works. We can rest in this stuff and enjoy our life in Christ. And once we begin to, to grow in this, in this grace and our understanding of who we are in Christ, our identity in Him, then everything changes. I mean, we've been, we weren't just changed, we were recreated. But it begins to change how we think, and in turn, it also changes how we react to life in general. And uh, this is all such exciting stuff that I can't get enough of it. And that's why we do these podcasts every week. Uh, yeah, Cap, really. I mean, I think that peace and that rest, that's something that everybody longs for. You know, and so so what about you, the person listening? Are you somebody who maybe you wrestle with guilt and condemnation, perhaps because of the things that you've done? Well, did you know, did you realize that some of the people in the Bible who committed great atrocities, who sinned pretty bad, let's put it that way, <laughs> they were also credited as being people of great faith and friends of God and close to God. Uh, well, their sins might have been terrible, but as terrible as they weren't, and as much as we, of course, don't want to build them up for the awful things that they did, the things that they did and their sins didn't keep them from being called friends of God and from being called people of great faith. So as we talk about more game changers, we'll move on to that next week, right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.